The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting edition of Stories from the Sidelines. I'm Coach Larry. Um, Matt is not here today. Matt's still um, on vacation. He'll be back hopefully next Tuesday. I know uh, everybody's disappointed, but you guys are stuck with me. Uh, Welcoming back to the sidelines are um, my three athletes, the Colosimo sisters, Maria and Gianna. And the tank, Lola Norris. Um, ladies, how are we? I know uh, just got done with practice, so we should be tired. We had a leg day today, did we not? Mm-hmm. We're good. How are you? Good, good, good. Um, so we're gonna go in with we're gonna go in with coming in hot. I told you guys to come up with a coming in hot segment of your own if you wanted. For me, you don't have to. You don't have to. As you're looking at me, like uh, what? Um, so for me today, um, I'm going to go, let's see, what am I coming in hot with today? Um, end of vacations. Um, I know everybody's coming back from winter break. I know that first day, the second day back from winter break, it's just that first day coming back where you just get out of bed and you're like, ah, I just, whether it's going back to work, whether it's coming off of, uh, going back to school, you're just like, it's just the night before you don't want to go to sleep. You're thinking about it. And then the night of you're like, do I really have to get back? It takes, I know for me, it takes me a little bit of time to get back after that vacation. So for me, I'm coming in hot. I'm a little trying to get back into the coaching thing, trying to get back into, you know, a groove with teaching and everything. So that's, that's for me, that's my coming in hot today. Um, Girls, do you have any coming in hot? <laughs> could be about anything you don't have to some of our guests do some of our guests don't lola knows because she's listening to every single podcast so come on lola <laughs> <laughs> oh all the talk about like school being maybe canceled we really don't canceled. want that a little not canceled but a little you talk about going back to remote or because yeah. of yeah, yeah. That could be too. You know, you hear the stories of going remote. Are we not going remote? You know, it's, it can be much. Yeah. Yeah. I know um, Ontario schools just went all virtual. Ontario schools just went virtual. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know there was talk, you know, that uh, my school district was going to go virtual, um, but they decided not to. So, you know, it's, um, it's, it's almost like a, a wait and see, you know, just like my hair, we're waiting to see if it's going to come in or not. <laughs> it's never, never. <laughs> but all right, so we're gonna um, we're gonna go right into the Bills talk. Um, now, last week uh, they beat New England, then coming off of a big victory over the Falcons. Um, what do you think was the biggest victory? I know it's been. Uh, I was in Jamaica, so I didn't get to film last Tuesday. I did the, the day before before the the Patriots game before I left. 
bigger victory, the Patriots or the Falcons? What was the bigger, better game on there? I think it's the Patriots because we didn't beat them last time, and now we like actually played up to our potential. And there wasn't 90-mile-an-hour winds roaming through that stadium, so Josh Allen could throw that ball and – Absolutely. We made them look, we made them look foolish, which is fantastic. And I'm kind of hoping we make it, we, we face them in the playoffs and we make them look foolish again. Yes. Um, Are we, are we maybe a little disappointed that we didn't get to beat the Patriots with Brady or is it just. That that really annoys me. Yeah. Okay. I I don't like that guy. (laughs) And I kind of just wanted like Josh Allen to be better than him. Like, that one game we play him on the Patriots. Cause like when I hear Patriots, all I hear is Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Even Very true. Team, so. Yeah. Those there, those two are kind of uh, synonymous. You know, you think, you think Patriots, you think either Brady or Belichick or both. Um, but yeah, it would have been nice if he was still here. I think the win would have been a little sweeter, but it's still beating the Patriots in new England. And for me, the best part of that game was when at the end of the game, when we scored that last touchdown and you saw all the fans filing out of the stadium, getting out of their seats, leaving this for me, I just, I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Now you guys, uh, all three soccer players, you play other sports. What do you guys like better? Do you guys like better getting the win at home in front of like the home fans? Or do you guys like getting the win on the road? I know for me, when I played, even when I coach, I love home wins. I love a win anytime we get them. But for me, I always kind of like that win on the road, especially against the team that, you know, they think that they're going to beat you. You know, for me, it always seemed a little bit sweeter just to get that road win. How do you girls feel? I feel like, I don't know. I like winning when a lot of our fans are there because I feel like not that we get a lot of fans, but like our home games, we get a lot more fans than we do in our away games. And I think that's for every sport. So I like winning. I like all of our wins, but I like winning when our fans are there. But I also like it how like, oh, say we went to West and we beat them on their home field or home turf. Like that's that's a lot better than like beating like. And you showed their fans. Yeah, that you're exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. You show them up a little bit. Yeah, I like it. That was, that was me. I think again, a win is a win is a win. You know, wherever you get the win, it's always fun. It's always fun to uh, celebrate the win. But for me, I like winning a little bit, even as a player, I like winning a little bit more on the road um, as opposed to home. Yeah. The bus rides back are always the best too. So (laughs) even if we win or lose. Yeah. (laughs) We definitely, we definitely try to make the bus rides fun whether we're stopping by uh, McDonald's or whether you guys are blaring some of the music loud in the back. Or um, whether you're head bopping with it. Don't act like you don't dance with us. I don't dance. Yes, I'm, do. I'm just up talking with Coach Rapel the whole time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but um, no, it always is a lot of fun. So what do we think? Bills now are officially in the playoffs. Is there anybody that we think we'd rather see? G, who would you rather see the Bills play in the first round? Um, any team in particular? Could I know right now it looks like it could be either the Colts, could be the Patriots. Uh, outside chance it could be either Las Vegas or uh, the L.A. Chargers. Um, G, who would you rather meet in the playoffs? Definitely the Patriots. Patriots? It'd be nice to beat them at home because it will we'll be guaranteed the first game at home. But that's if 
that's no, not if that's when we beat the Jets to officially clinch the AFC East on Sunday. Oh, we um, better. So I'm going to I'm going to stay positive and say that's a when. So I I tend to agree. I think it'd be um, it'd be a nice, uh, nice game. Um, and I'm not all that scared of him this year. Once Brady left, I wasn't really all that scared of him anymore. Uh, Maria Tank, what do you guys think? I think it'd be like just another really sweet win if we did play the Patriots and beat them. But also, I'm okay with playing another team that we've already beat. Okay. We may know that they we know that they can secure the win. But very true. Now, Indianapolis did beat us the last time. Are you a little scared to face Indianapolis because they beat us the last time, or yeah, maybe forty-one fifteen. Yeah, they they beat us pretty badly. Or do you think maybe they could use that as a revenge game? I think it could go both ways because, I don't know, lately I feel like the Bills have been a little unpredictable. Very hot and cold. But I feel like if they play their best like we know they can play, they can easily dominate the Colts if they wanted to. I think they could. I agree. I agree. Maria, so we got one. So we got one, it seems like Tank wants the Colts maybe. Uh, G wants the Patriots or, or tank. Did you still want the Patriots? Even though we think we can beat the Colts. No, as long as we get the win, it doesn't matter who we play. I just, we just want to keep going. There we go. Just, just survive in advance. Maria, any favorites that you want them to play? No, not going to lie. I really don't even care who we play. I kind of just sit on the couch and watch the game. And if we get a touchdown, I cheer. So <laughs> I don't really care who we play. I just hope we, you know, do good. <laughs> I, I like that. I agree. Um, now, I don't know if you noticed on last game against the Patriots in particular, uh, Coach McDermott got rather aggressive going forward a lot on fourth down. Did we agree? Did we disagree? Did we think that was good? Um, Tank, I'm going to start with you because I know last time we talked about this going for two or going for one. Tank, what do you think? You, did you like the new aggressive strategy? I don't know. I mean... Obviously, each situation is different, but sometimes you just maybe have to kick that field goal to when we're up by only a touchdown, maybe get those three extra points so we get more of a lead or maybe sometimes don't go for it if you know that they're going to really pressure Allen and like, I don't know, it obviously always depends on the situation. But sometimes you just have to be more safe than sorry. Okay. So a little more on the conservative side. Tank's going for field goals instead of, you know, first downs. Points are always important. G, what do you think? Um, I'm kind of seeing it as he's gaining more confidence in the team that they can get those points by being more aggressive. So I think it's kind of putting confidence in the players. Okay. By thinking they can get them. Absolutely. I like that. You know, turning it over to Josh Allen, the offense, you know, what's supposed to be our best part of the, our best part of the uh, team. So let's, uh, you know, let's see what they can do. I like that. Do you think now as a player, do you think that uh, it's important that your coach had, that you're, you're, that you know, your coach has confidence in you like that? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I think so too. Um, do you think though that in, in knowing um, like going for it on fourth down, do you think that instills confidence or do you think too that that could put maybe a little added pressure on you? I think it could definitely add pressure on the players mm-hmm. and also the coach because he made the call. 
But I just say go big or go home. But also, if you don't make that fourth down, you might almost feel as you disappointed your coach because if he thought that you could do it and, you know, provide it for the team, and if you don't, then, you know. Okay. Now, what about on the defense side of the ball? If you Do you think maybe that it instills – you know, if you're a defensive player and you see that the coach is going for it on fourth down, do you think that that instills confidence in your defense where they could say, well, you know, coach trusts us where even if they don't make it, he knows that we're going to stop them. Or do you think it's, um, it's the opposite? Well, coach doesn't trust us. You know, they're going for it on fourth down. He doesn't trust us to get him the ball back. What are your thoughts on that a little bit? Well, I have, I don't know. That's like in between. I think it depends. I think it depends on the game and who you're playing yeah. and like how much time's left in the game and like how okay. the game, how you've been playing. But I think it could, al- it could also be different for each player. Okay. So maybe some players think, hey, this is positive. This is all good. Coach trusts us to make a stop if we, if they don't get it on the 50 yard line or I could see, I could see both sides of the fence. Spoken. I think, um, Absolutely, like you know, <laughs> the worst kind of. But like, it's a lot of it is about mindset. If you know, if you tell yourself that you can do it and you've done it before, then you're most likely going to succeed in doing it. But if you tell yourself, "Oh, I don't know if coach trusts me. I don't know if I can do it," then you're not as likely to succeed. Okay. And I'm glad you said mindset because we're going to talk a lot about uh, some mental health stuff today. Uh, before we get into that, um, what are you guys' thoughts? I know uh, Antonio Brown. I'm sure everybody's seen the Antonio Brown thing where, you know, middle of the third quarter, late in the third quarter, he takes off his uh, he takes off his jersey, takes off his shoulder pads, and basically sprints dances whatever his way to locker room and and kind of quits on his team um tank i, I think they, they said they're going to go to you on this one what, what were your thoughts on that um i don't agree with it at all if i mean obviously he's getting paid a pretty penny which we all know and you know maybe he thought that he could just do it because you know, he's paid, he's already set basically for life. He doesn't need the team anymore, but also you're a team player. You're on the team. Like I see it as you win as a team, you lose as a team. If you're on a team, it's, it's a team. Like you, you all work together and he's obviously not a team player. If he walks off the field. And And I mean, they're, they're a good team, you know, they're, they're um, second in the NFC right now. There's, you know, they're Super Bowl contenders. Um, What would be your thoughts? You know, gee, if you, if, if somebody on your team, your soccer team, somebody on your lacrosse team, just all of a sudden middle of the game, they're not hurt for whatever reason, they just, Hey guys, peace. I'm out. Like, I mean, as a player, how do you, how do you react to that? To a teammate doing that? At first, I'd be confused, like, on what, what's happening. But I feel like that's kind of selfish. Okay. You walk off in the middle of the game. So would you take it almost as, like, a, almost as like a slap in the face, almost as, like, a personal insult? Yeah, because, like, I feel like if you really had a problem with the team, wouldn't you confront your coach about it and give them a reason, not just walk off and leave or even without saying anything? Uh, yeah. 
I mean, it, it seems like there were a few words spoken to the coach beforehand, and then that's where maybe he got mad. We're not quite sure. Um, but I agree. As Maria, as a, a captain or even as just a teammate afterwards, would you would you want to go out of your way to to talk to that teammate to see what happened? Or would you be like, nope, he quit on us. I don't, she quit on us. I don't care what the reason is. I think at first I would be like, I don't really want to like talk to them right now because like we've worked together, like say we've done like team, say it happened in the middle of our team. We've done team bonding. Like our coaches have put in work to make you better. And you're just kind of like giving up on us. Like we're losing a player. Like a team isn't like just one person. We kind of have to have everybody and everybody has like one special part on the team. And losing one person is a lot. Like we had a lot of people on injuries and that did a lot to our season. So I think I would eventually confront them because that's kind of what like you have to do as a captain. And I would try and see what was wrong. I think I would tell them how they did it was wrong and that they could have confronted the coaches and that they should still confront the coach about like why you quit and apologize to the whole team. And I try and get them back on the team, but like tell them like, you can't just quit on us. You got to give us a good reason and like be respectful to us because we've been respectful to you. Now, do you think that's something that after you do something like that, do you think that's something that's unforgivable or do you think that person could and would be welcomed back? I don't think the team would really welcome them back a lot. I, I don't think I would welcome them back a lot, but I think I still have to reach out to them. Um, as a captain yeah I think if I if I coached a player that walked on us I don't think I'd let them back on the team but I'd want them to come up to the to the entire team and apologize and explain themselves okay fair enough G tank any thoughts on that do you think if if somebody did that you know would they in the next day they came back to practice and said sorry guys my bad I want to come back on the team do you think it's it that's something that's Listen, that's unforgivable. That's you got you you walked out on your family, on your team. What do you what are your guys' thoughts? Personally, I mean, like I said, you win as a team, you lose as a team. Team's a team. You don't walk out on your team. I don't I don't think I could forgive them personally. No. Like you're part of the team. When yeah. you got when you got on this, like this is what you signed up for. This is what you found us like that. I don't know what to tell you. Like you knew this coming into the season and now you just walked out on us. Like it's like a slap in the face, not to only the captains, the coaches and to you, but the whole team as one. Yeah. And I mean, you have a lot of people depending on you, you know, you're depending on people. People are depending on you. You signed up for this. You made a commitment. And now you're backing off before, you know, for whatever the reason is, the job isn't done. If you want to retire, retire at the end of the season. You know, whether we're out in the playoffs, whether we win the championship, if you want to leave, hey, that's your prerogative. You fulfilled your commitment. You said you'd be here for the season. Season's over. If you want to retire, retire then. Um, but like you said, it's it's a commitment. G, what are your thoughts? Do you think you could do you think you could forgive that person? Um, I think if the person wanted to come back on the team, you guys are being a little harsh. I think I'd forget them, but they'd have to earn their spot back. Like they wouldn't just start. Okay. You, know, you condition, 
maybe like you know help with equipment you don't just start automatically you have to earn your spot back up what if they're what if they're a captain what if they're the best player on the team what if they're the leading the leading scorer doesn't matter you still quit and you walked out on your team okay you got to earn a little bit of that trust back you got to earn a lot of that trust back a lot of that respect back from not only players but coaches too um do you think now if you girls, not that you two, not that you three would ever do this, but if you were in that position, if you had made that choice, if you had walked out on your team, do you think that you would be able to face your teammates? Do you think that you would be able, for whatever the reason, whatever the reason was, whether it was a good reason, bad reason, indifferent reason, do you think as players, if you had made that decision, do you think it would be how difficult do you think it would be to face your teammates and tell them? I think it would be really difficult. I'm thinking about if I walked off on the field in the middle of the game and left my team hanging, like the next day of practice, I'd feel so awkward. And like, I, I could feel like I can imagine myself walking on the field and everyone like look at me and talking about like, I can feel the bad vibes already. Like, I feel like nobody would respect me anymore. And I don't think I would respect the person that did that anymore because if you walked off the field, then there's obviously a reason you walked off the field. Then why are you coming back? I think I would be able to face them for an apology, but I don't think I would be able to play on the team anymore. Okay. Do you think you would still, let's say you did it your your junior year, your sophomore year, do you think you would be able to go back and try out, try again next year? Or do you think it's once you do that, there's there's no turning back even next year, even two years, you think you pretty much ended your your playing career there, knowing that you'd probably have to play with a lot of the same players? I think I would have to give a lot of apologies and explain myself to like maybe every single person. Cause I think every single person would have a different perspective on it. Cause I feel like if you did that, you'd be the outsider. Like it'd be the whole team and then you'd be on the outside. And I think it's going to be really hard getting back like on the inside of the team. And I would just have to give a lot of apologies and then explain myself. And like Gianna said, earn your trust back and fully earn it. Yeah. I mean, trust is one thing where it takes a lot. It takes a lot to get that trust. It takes a lot to earn that trust, whether it's from coaches, teammates, players. Um, it doesn't take a lot to lose that trust. You know, you do. You can definitely lose trust a lot quicker than you can gain trust from somebody. So, um, G, what about you? Do you think you'd be able to share us your thoughts a little bit about that? What have, what would it, what would be if you were in that spot? Whether it was coming back. The next day, two days, three days, would you need to take a week off of practice and then dress the team? Would you be able to come back your, if you did it this year, would you be able to come back next year on the team and, and do it? What are some of your thoughts? Um, I think I would first kind of not like go to a practice. I think I would try to like set something up and talk to my coaches like outside of soccer maybe and tell, make, explain myself, apologize before I show my face to the team. And I think I would then apologize to the team. But I think I would take like maybe like a week just to like talk to the coaches first, let them think about it. Cause it's honestly them letting you back on the team. Yeah. 
a little bit of that too. You know, you definitely uh, might need to mend a few fences, not might, you would need to mend a few fences. Yeah. Um, so that's good. Uh, so kind of let the dust settle and then, and then maybe go back maybe a, a two or three practices later or after a weekend or something. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Do you think, and the last, last thing on this topic, and then we'll move on. Do you think that there's ever a valid reason for doing something like that? Like whether it's, you were just having a bad day, you had bad news, you were having a bad month, uh, somebody said something on the field that made do you think that there could possibly be a valid a valid reason for someone for something that like that to happen? Like, well, we understand why Coach Monahan did that, blah, blah, blah happened. We understand why why he left, he was distraught. Do you do you think that there's there's a reason there there's a reason that would be maybe more forgivable. I think, I think there could be a reason that you take a break from a sport or like in the middle of a game, you ask to be subbed out and then you talk to your coach and like, I can't do this right now, but I don't think there's any reason that you should just walk off in the middle of the game without explanation. Like, I think a lot of people go through things during sports and people have their own issues and everything. And sometimes it's too much that you can't play the sport you love, but I don't think you should ever just leave without an explanation. And if it's hard to talk about, I think like you should still like text your coach, be like, I can't play right now. I don't want to talk about it. I'll talk about it when I'm ready. Okay. I just leaving hanging just in the middle of the game with no explanation. I don't think there's any excuse for that. Okay. G. Um, I don't think there's an excuse to just walk off the field either. I think you should go talk to your coach and explain to them, say, hey, I need a break right now, or I can't do the rest of the season. Don't walk off the field. Okay. So definitely a better way that you can you can handle the situation, handle it with some dignity, with some class. Uh, Tank, do you agree? Yeah. I think, I mean, you went to that game knowing that maybe something was going on and but it's still not, it doesn't give you a free pass or an excuse to just walk off the field and quit on your team. Okay. Very good. Very good. All right. We're going to talk a little bit about some uh, mental health. Now we did uh, an episode or two on mental health, mental side of sports um, where we talked to different coaches um, and we talked uh, more adult players um, as, as high school sports. Now um, as high school athletes, um, even I know there's a lot more AP classes than there were before. Some of you guys are taking actual college courses. Um, do you, uh, definitely a lot more extracurricular activities. Do you think, do you think with all the extra added pressure, even added pressure of just getting into a college, do you think that kind of puts a little bit more mental strain on sports and dealing with it? Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, I think, well, like soccer for me is an outlet, but sometimes when I feel pressure during soccer, it gets pushed in with everything else. But I don't know, like I do a lot with school and stuff and like homework and teachers and school is a lot of pressure and adds a lot of stress. Like high school is like a lot. And then when you add a sport you love and like all of the other activities we do, even outside of school, that becomes like your entire life. And it feels like there's no breaks. 
But for me as a player, like soccer is kind of my break, even though I'm constantly running or there's like still pressure on me. Okay. So soccer is almost like an outlet where you can just put all your school books down for a little bit, go out, get your energy out, get your stress out, knock over a few players and then come back and, and get your books. Yeah. <laughs> G, what do you think? Um, <laughs> I think it's definitely all a big mental like drain it can be at the time. But I think definitely what Maria said, soccer like is her outlet. That's kind of the same thing with me. Like I think school soccer is so fun and it's so worth it to do. Where like I think I'm I could juggle it and I would do anything to juggle it with my schedule, no matter how busy it is. Because school can get a lot at times, but I'm not involved as Maria is. So, like, it is definitely easier for me than it is for her. But Okay. Um, Tank, um, do you think even, even staying focused at, like, on practices, on drills, um, do you think that kind of, especially I know um, we, a lot of times we're doing the same drill over and over and over and over till we get it perfect. Do you think even just, you know, now do you need more of that mental focus to just stay practiced, stay sharp, stay ready? Yeah, um, mental health is very close to home with me. But I remember one practice, it was one of the worst. I was easily one of the worst practices. It was the worst practice I played. Mentally for me, it was just not a good one. I no one knows this other than Maria, but like I started like crying in the middle of practice. Oh yeah, <laughs> this year. Yeah. Okay. What? Uh, if if you <laughs> listen, if you'd like to elaborate, you can elaborate as much because I I had no clue. It was oh, we were doing this drill, and I for for some reason, and I blame it on my knee. We were like sending the balls up to the forwards in the perfect place. You mm-hmm. wanted it in the perfect place. like we had okay. to go. And I, for I don't know why, but that day for the life of me, I just, I could not send a good ball. I, like, I just couldn't do anything. And it was one of my first practices on varsity. And after I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to start in the game tomorrow. It's just not, it's just not going to be good. But ended up, it's okay to have a bad practice once in a while, as long as you, you know, make up we, yeah, make up for it. Either if it's the next practice or the next game and it was the practice before a game day and we had a game the next day. And that was the game that um, I was back. I, I wasn't playing scared anymore. I like, it was just, you felt good. Like you felt proud of yourself for that performance that you gave out on that field. And okay. so, yeah. so had a little bit of a rough practice. Um, do you remember who the, do you remember who the team was that we played against on the, the next day? Was that the NT game, maybe? Or was it earlier in the season than that? Wait, wasn't it a Saturday game? I don't remember. Was it the Falls? I don't remember. I have to look you back. Were, were you there for this? Or was it Wheatfield? Oh. I don't know. It was either Niagara Wheatfield or NT. I think it might have been the NT game. I think, I, I think, I, I, I think it was the NT. I was going to say, I know we played very, very well in the second time around. I was extremely happy with everybody. Um, I know coach was too. Um, so that's, that's interesting though, that you, have you ever had that before, whether it's been, um, when you were down at JV or travel or anything, have you ever had that where you 
you let a bad practice kind of get into your head? Um, I mean, we all have bad practices here and there, but it was never to the point where I started crying and I just like wanted <laughs> well, to give up. In the middle but... of the drill, you just started crying. <laughs> you were like, just take a knee, take a knee. I don't think you thought it was my knee. Well, yeah, you're holding your knee. I wasn't. It was. It was. I was faking it. So it was more. It was more of. Do you think it was more? Was it more just frustration? But like, I know I can put the ball there, and I'm not putting the ball there. Type of deal. Yeah, for sure. You just. Oh, it's so frustrating and mentally draining to know you can do something and you're not playing up to what you know you can play up to. Okay. Now, Maria, as the more uh, seasoned player, um, the older player, um, do you have any tips? Like, I, I know we've all had bad practices. We've all had bad games. Um, you know, me as a coach, there's been times I've made a lot of decisions that I didn't want to make in practices and games. As a player, we've all had bad practices, games. Um, any tips or any thoughts, like, just of, of how to kind of get it out of your head, how to kind of shake it off? Um. I have a few tips. If you're close with your coaches, I feel close with most of my soccer coaches. Talk to them about it. I know this year I've cried in front of you like maybe three times. So I'm like, if you're comfortable with your coaches, talk to them about it. Cause I feel like you guys will put pressure on us, but not in like a way you're trying to put pressure on us. And I feel like if you go talk to them about like what's going on with you, I feel a little bit better. Like they're still going to put pressure on me, but they kind of know what I'm going through. So they're not going to like bombard you. Yeah. Bombard me with so many things to do, but they're still going to expect me to do my best. So if you're comfortable with your coaches, go and talk to them because they're a great outlet. And if you respect your coaches, then they should obviously give you good advice or even a captain. Yeah. And then Another thing I do is if I have a bad practice and I know I had a bad practice, sometimes I'll just like, I'll keep going. I like never give up if you're having a bad practice because you know, you never know. You could start doing really good at the end of practice. Just never give up. Cause I think that kind of shows your coaches that you would give up when things get hard. But after practice, if I have a bad practice, I'll just like, this is, this is weird, but I'll just <laughs> sometimes I'll sit outside after my bad practice or I'll like go in my room and I'll just like think about it for a little and I'll just like think about how like oh tomorrow I'm gonna do better tomorrow I'm gonna focus or like normally when I have a bad practice it's because that day in school or like if I just had work or something and I know I had an off day I'm gonna like I didn't do my homework before practice maybe that's why I had a bad practice and I wasn't focusing on what I was doing. I'm going to do my homework earlier tomorrow. I'm not going to waste my time before practice. You're going to learn from your like mistakes. I, yeah, I'm, I think about what led up to practice and what was going on in my head. And I'm thinking about focusing. Also, listening to music after practice and before is good too. Yeah. Okay. Kind of get, get your, get you in the right mindset. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, G, what about you? Any tips or even have you ever had um, slumps? I know players have had slumps where they let a bad practice turn into a bad game, turn into a bad two or three games. Um, have you ever had a slump? And and what have you what have you kind of done to get yourself out of those slumps when you've had them? Um, I remember my first, like my last season, like my first season of varsity, 
we played CSAT, and I got so hesitant that game. I remember it lasted for, like, two more games. I remember just, like, texting you and both, like, Grateful, asking for, like, help and, like, how to get out of it. And I think I, like, got out of the slump by just, like, having fun at practice and not thinking about it and just getting back to being competitive. Okay. Now that, that was going to go to my next question. Do you think there, do you think there's times and places? Um, I know coach Rapel and I, there's times where we'll have like more of a quote unquote fun practice or a lighter practice, or um, you know, one of us will be goofy on the sidelines. Usually it's me um, where, you know, you crack a bad joke. Um, do you think, how important do you think it is to just, uh, to just kind of have some of those fun days and, and remember that it is, it is a sport. It is fun. It's, it's essential. It's essential. I think it's really fun, especially if it's a surprise. It just like makes your day. Okay. Like, yes, we love a light practice. <laughs> I so. feel like if you can have fun with your coaches and you could have like a light practice with your coaches, then it makes me feel like, oh, this coach is going to push me and I'm going to push myself because I know that they can have fun with me too. Like, I think it's essential because I think number one, it brings the team closer. And like, like I said, it takes the pressure off of our back, like a hundred percent. I'd rather take a light day than a hard day, <laughs> but yeah. Now, do you think there is that fine line where you don't want to have too many easy practices? You don't want to have too many fun practices, or even as a coach, you don't want to be known as just the, the fun coach, do you think maybe players sometimes can kind of take advantage of, of, of that situation? Yeah. Um, I think you should only like have a fun practice without no like actually hard work or anything that'll do anything for your team when you really need it. Like, I don't think you should do it three times a week yeah. or once a week. I think there is a fine line. Like you can have fun in practice, but we're there to get better. We're there to succeed during our other games. And like, Goofing around during drills isn't Start improving your skill. Yeah, yeah. Like you're not focusing on what you're doing and the coaches are putting in their time. Other people on the team are putting in their time to get better because they want to win these games. And when there's a few people just goofing off and not taking it seriously, it's frustrating for the people around them that are taking it seriously because we're putting our time and effort so that you can win. And when you're not putting in your time and effort so that me as a player, like can get better and win that frustrates me a lot. Okay. Now, G, do you do you feel like that? It, and I think we talked about this last time a little bit, too. But do you feel more um, if a teammate comes over to you and says, hey, listen, stop goofing around or a coach comes over to you and says, hey, stop goofing around. We need you to straighten up. What do you think holds a little more weight? Um, That's hard because oh. it's hard because I don't usually like I try not to goof around. So I think anyone telling me to like get serious kind of makes me like, OK, I got to like it's serious now, obviously, but I think if it takes your coach to come over to you and say it, like if they yell it to you from far away, but I think if they walk over to you and like pull you aside and tell you, I think it's more serious, but I also okay. think equal is important if a captain or even a teammate just walks over, but if like they're a teammate that fools around too with you and they're saying it, I don't think it means as much as someone that's always focused. Okay. Um, Maria tank, what do you think? I, and I kind of, I kind of like that. I think where if, if a coach or if somebody's yelling you far away, be like, Hey, knock it off. You might just, you know, you might, you'll, you'll straighten up a little bit, but you might just kind of blow it off. Whereas opposed to 
you know, wow, coach just really came over, you know, really had a one-on-one conversation, pulled me aside. I, I could see where that definitely would hold, would hold a lot more weight. Um, what do you guys think? Hearing it from your teammates, hearing it from a coach, what carries more weight? Or what are you going to take more seriously? I don't know. I think I would take everybody seriously. But to be honest, if one of you came over to me and told me I need to act serious, I would be scared for my life. And like, I would start acting serious because I know what would happen. Like you would tell the team to stop and we'd start conditioning. That's a punishment. But I shouldn't have been fooling off, first of all. But I think if another teammate told me like an underclassman, I'd still take it respectfully because they're supposed to be looking up to me. And if they know that I'm doing something wrong, then obviously there's an issue with me. Mm-hmm. But like, say like Cameron Waller or Chloe, <laughs> like two of my best friends said, you need to stop goofing around. I don't know if I take it so seriously. Cause like we have that relationship where if one of us are joking off, it's normally the other two are as well. Okay. And that's, an, do you think that sometimes, you know, it can kind of, uh, where you see one person, you know, Lola's goofing off, then next thing you know, Maria's goofing off, then next thing you know, uh, everybody's goofing off. You think it could kind of be something where it, it can get out of hand really quickly? Yeah. It's just like lead by example. Yeah. And then you're going to have to do the ones first. Yeah, because I think if I think if half the team's goofing around, the other team's going to be like, well, if they're goofing around, why can't we goof around mm-hmm. if the coaches aren't saying anything? Okay. Can, do you guys have any like stories of, and it doesn't have to be high school. It could be with travel teams, anything like that. Do you guys have any stories of where, you know, <laughs> it, 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 it turned into whether it was a light practice or a hard practice. Next thing, you know, a little goofing around, a little goofing around. And next thing, you know, you're doing wind sprints, you're doing something like, do you guys have any, any stories of that? And again, it could be any experience. Um, our oh, travel team is <laughs> oh, we're very, not word, but. The team as a whole, just a little on the goofy side. We're a little dysfunctional at times. A little dysfunctional. And, you know, some people I feel don't take our coach as serious as we do or they should. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, they're still your coach. Even if you know them personally, like we know our coach (laughs) a little personally, but we still respect him and we still listen to him. But some people, they just don't like listen to him when they need to and he will get strict and well he'll he'll whip us into shape I have an amazing story when we played U10 with coach Doug and coach Todd oh so he's like explain our one coach okay basically they both were yellers they would yell at us so much they were just the yelling coaches and um they were explaining a drill and some of the girls started laughing and smiling. And next thing I know, we're running six laps around the field. <laughs> because he, he yelled at us for smiling. He, he was like, wipe those smiles off your face right now. Run six laps, ladies. And, and we, we're like, what the heck, man? Where, now, were you smiling during the running or did, did those did those smiles? <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, I like running, so obviously I'm oh, going to smile about it, but some of them were mad. And then he tried to explain it again, and some more girls started laughing and were running again. That was like a 20-minute run. And, and they were very team-involved. It's not like, oh, you're laughing, you go run. I mean, sometimes they did that. But most of the time is, oh, one person messed it up. Go run at the whole team. And it's just like, are you kidding me right now? Dude. 
Now, how do you feel like when you, you do have, you do run in the coaches where it's, Hey, if one messes up, we all mess up. Or you do have coaches where if it's just Lola, if it's just Maria, if it's just Chloe, whoever, just Gianna, that person gets punished. What do you guys feel? Do you think both are, are good strategies or do you think one is maybe better than the other? I Oh, I don't know because I feel like if one does something, then the whole team, do, I think that's a good one because like, then I feel like your teammates would start taking each other more seriously and like encourage each other to do better. But then also if you, if one person just fooled, like was fooling around or whatever, and you say, okay, you, you do wind sprints in front of the team. I feel like they would never do it again because yeah. I think that's personally embarrassing. Ooh, I would get secondhand that embarrassment. Gives me so much embarrassment. I remember it was the one tryouts. I'm not doing any name dropping, but the one tryout, somebody was fooling around and, and Rapel made him do wind sprints in front of us. Okay. And I had I got secondhand embarrassment, and I don't think the girl ever fooled around again. So I don't know. Both ways are good, but I think like Lola said a team is a team and you're a whole, which it sucks for the people that don't fool around. But also I feel like it, let like my teammates tell me you have to do better, encourage me to be better. But. Okay. Now with the whole, and, and I've done it before too. Like, Hey, you win sprints now. I mean, I've, I've done that before as a coach. Do you think that can also go the wrong way? We're not only, um, like if you if you point somebody out, if you make an example of them, do you think that they could that could maybe go the wrong way where they don't come back to practice? They don't want to they feel so embarrassed that they just want to give up on the sport. I see G nodding her head there. G, what do you think? Um, I think honestly, a coach knows the player. So if they know that player maybe gets anxious with that stuff or gets really irritated, maybe don't do that and maybe have the team do it. It all depends on what yeah. player you're dealing with and I the think. situation, yeah. like how they're fooling around. Okay. So, and that can be maybe more of where G's messing up. I'm going to make the whole team run, but then after practice, I'm going to talk to G and say, Hey, listen, you know, those, those five wind sprints we did was because you were doing whatever. Um, so you think maybe that's kind of knowing your players, knowing, knowing your, you know, who you, who you're coaching. Very good. Very good. Um, did you guys ever, were you guys ever, pointed out or hey Lola run sprints hey Maria you know 10 push-ups do you guys ever remember whether it was just you want to like just you doing it or maybe a group of two or three do you guys ever remember being called out in practice by a coach like just specifically one-on-one not by a coach I'm trying to remember and I don't think I've mm-hmm. ever been like pointed out just by myself okay where you pointed out in like group, like maybe two or three of you were goofing around. I don't think so. Not that we had to run. Maybe we got like a talking to be like, Hey, Lola, Gianna, stop it. But like, not like, Oh, Lola and Gianna, stop smiling. You're running. Like it was never like that. I think if anything, we were in a group goofing around, we just get yelled at a little bit and then we stopped. Okay. For my, for my travel team. We don't do it much anymore. We used to do it when we were, we're U17, U19 now, so we don't really do that. But my coach, um, and like U15, U16, if you were late, you were late, and she did not like that, and you had to run, and you had to do uh, like three ab exercises because you were late. 
she would always say you're wasting her time. And I understand that. Like, you know, when practices, we sent out texts about it. If, but she, if like I had an excuse, oh, like my dad didn't get home from work. But if you don't have an excuse, she would make you run and do like ab workouts for a little bit until we would get to like the hard part of practice. The one time I was late and I had absolutely no excuse. I think I was sleeping or something. And then I woke up and went to practice, which I never did again. Um, I had to run and do my ab workouts and everybody else was like stretching and doing their warm up, and you can tell they're all like looking at me. So I think that was the only time that I've ever had to do something by myself. I don't think I've ever been called out. Okay. I, don't think, yeah, I don't think you or Ripple have ever called me out. Maybe you have. I don't remember. We try not to call people out. You know, we will, you know, I'll yell. Coach Rapel will yell. You know, we'll, we're, we're usually more of the, hey, everybody on the line, let's run, let's get refocused. Um, I think there were a few times that, you know, throughout the years that uh, I've called some of my players out. Sometimes, you know, maybe I, I shouldn't have, and we've had conversations with those players. I'm not going to name any names. Um, but that was a lot more earlier on in my career where I was kind of finding myself as, my, as a coach. And um, I think, you know, you definitely learn from your mistakes, not that they were egregious or anything, but, you know, you kind of have to explain your methods. Um, now, do you there are some coaches out there where they don't it's their way or the highway. They don't feel like they have to explain their methods to their players. Other coaches try to get everybody on the sidelines. Hey, guys, this is why we're doing it. This is what we're doing, why we're doing it, how we're doing it. What do you guys feel is more uh, as a hearing it from a player? What do you guys feel is more of an effective style where a coach is just, you know, if you ask a coach, well, why are we doing this? And his response is either because I said so, or, you know, it's, well, we're doing this because we're getting better for this because we're building off of this. Like, do you like, do you find it more effective if the coach explains his method or if he just says, Hey, listen, I know what I'm doing. This is why we're doing it. Let's do it. I think it's much more effective if they explain. And this actually happened to me Sunday. I was our first indoor game. And my coach um, started me as a left forward. Okay. And I came off. I was subbed off. And um, I really didn't know what to do on the field. I kind of just, like, stood there and tried to, like, fit in with, like, what the other forwards were doing. Because, like, I had no clue what to do. Because I don't, I don't play forward, but like if I'm gonna start there and put there, I'll try my best, you know. And so I got off the field and I, I was like, I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but I'm just gonna question your methods here a little. Just question, why did you start me as a forward? And his, you know, he answered me as like his thought process and his, his answer to me was well I wanted to because we have a little bit of like a new team kind of a little bit and so he's like I just want to see everybody's positions and stuff and I was like oh you know me for five years <laughs> I was just like okay whatever like just please don't like I didn't say this to him but in the back of my head I was like just please don't put me on there again and then he kind of you know walked off the bench looked at the game you know pace back and forth as he does and then he comes back to me he's like actually 
I'm going to put you back in as a defender. And I'm like, all right. All right. And Gianna was the one that was like, just ask him, like, it's not that big of a deal. But you, like, came off the field. And obviously, I can't play right now. So I was sitting watching the game. She comes off the field with such a, like, mad face. I was like, what's wrong? And she starts complaining. I said, then go up and ask him, what is your thought process? Don't complain about it. I feel like I grew up and, like, I was known, like, don't question the coach. Like, okay. Coach. Yeah, but, I think all three of us have been taught don't question the coach. Yeah. But I think as we grow and get on like higher levels, like I think it's kind of like we're kind of in a position to question our like not disrespectfully, but if we don't know why they're doing something, we should have, we have the authority the right to ask. Because yes. like like you said, I think the method of telling your players why you made them run wind sprints is a better method than not telling them because how are they gonna fix what they did wrong or fix the reason that you made them do wind sprints if you don't tell them. Very true. Very true. And I know we, like anytime we, I know mid-year we switched formations and we'd let you guys know why we're switching formations. Um, There's been times where we've had to, because of injuries, uh, move G to the middle, move G to the outside, move G up to forward. Same thing with Maria. Um, Tank, we let you run the defense back there. We know better. Um, But I think every time that we've uh, coach Rapel and I have done a move, I feel like we've, we've told you beforehand or we've given you at least a heads up where we'll pull you off the field. Um, Hey Maria, we're moving you up from center D to right wing. Are you okay with that? You know, here's why we're doing it. We need a goal. We need a this, we need a that. We need to spark the offense. Um, I, do you think that that's, do you think and not only did it, is it is it good knowing their reason why, but do you think that it's um, it makes you feel a little bit more invested where it's not just the coach saying it and it's, well, it's got to be right because the coach said it? Or do you feel like it's more of, you know, when we ask you that, hey, what do you feel about moving up top? What do you feel? Do you think you feel a little bit more empowered because we're asking you for your opinion or we're asking you what you feel about it instead of just, hey, go up midfield now. I think one of the great things, and I, I know you and Rapel both do it. It's personally, I had it more from you, but you, you know, you'd sub us off if you if we maybe weren't playing well or there, we were making a lot of mistakes that, you know, we can get a quick sub, tell us what's what we're doing, what we need to do to fix it, and then sub us right back on or you know, switching our position, but you pull us off, you pull us to the side, let us get a little break, and you talk to us about either what we're doing wrong, what we need to fix, why you're moving us, and, you know, just how to improve ourselves in that game there and then. And I think, like, as a as a player, it kind of means a lot because you know that they care about how you're playing. They're not just, like, pushing you off to the side, like – I think it like it personally like means a lot to me that like you take the time to pull me off, take me to the side and talk to me about my game. And I think that's just like, it's a good thing that a lot of coaches should do. Okay. G, do you agree? Or do you think sometimes when you get taken off the field, you know, you, you almost have that, man, coach is going to tell me what I've done wrong. I really don't want to hear it right now. Let me just, go over to the bench and, and, and just rest for a little bit. Like, do you think that it, that it is beneficial when, when you're taken off and a coach tells you, or do you think sometimes 
You just need to be left alone for a few minutes and then go over and talk. Um, I think like when you're take, like taken off the field and you know you've had an off game, it's beneficial for like corrections kind of like to like get help more. But I think like if you're getting moved on the field, just because like I've gotten moved a lot this season at first, it was very beneficial. But then towards the end, it was like, oh, I have a feeling I'm getting moved to forward. I'm getting moved back to outside. Okay. Maria, what about you? Do you think that um, sometimes, whether it's you're having a bad game or whether you get pulled off, sometimes you're just like, I don't, I don't need coach to talk to me right now, or you always want that instant feedback? Um, I think, oh, if I have a bad game and I'm pulled off, I would want you to tell me why, but like, I feel like I'd be so frustrated at myself that, I would need like to cool down for a second. So I feel like if I get pulled off the field and I know I'm playing bad, I would have to just like cool down for maybe 10 seconds. And then you tell me, cause I feel like if you told me something that I didn't want to hear, I might accidentally snap back because I'm like in the heat of the moment, but it's not like that. I wouldn't want to hear what I did wrong. Cause you're the coach and you're supposed to make me better. So and I want to go back in the game. So if you tell me what's wrong and I tell you that I'm going to fix it, then I'll hopefully get back in the game. But I think I would just need like five or 10 seconds to just cool down after coming off the field, like grab my water and walk back to you. Cause I don't want to accidentally give you attitude. No, absolutely. And I know myself as a player, there were times I had games where, you know, I'd get pulled off or I'd make a bad play or I'd get a bad foul. And next thing you know, I'm getting, I'm getting, taken off for a few minutes here or there. And it's just, you know, you have those, Hey, don't talk to me right now. You take a breath. Um, I remember one game in particular, uh, it was a travel game. I think it was U 16 at the time. Um, I was, uh, wasn't even my team. I was up just for a tournament. I was, uh, I think I was 14 or 15 and I got moved up for a U 16 tournament. And didn't really know any of the players. I knew a few of them, but not not too many. Didn't really know the coach. Um, got pulled off. You know, I wasn't playing my best. Wasn't playing horrible, but I know I made a bad call or I took a bad penalty. Got pulled off. Knew why I was getting pulled off. And, you know, I went over, grabbed my water bottle. And, you know, a few seconds later, my water bottle ended up being uh, 50 yards further from where my water bottle was because I chucked it, um, you know, and it was, it was, you know, the coach didn't really know me at that point. He had talked to my coach previous. That was one of the reasons why I was brought up and another one of my teammates. And, you know, it was just something where I had to cool off a little bit. And then, you know, two, three minutes later, sorry, coach want to apologize for that. And, you know, had a little conversation on the sidelines and next thing you know, I'm going back in. I, I think I'm more of like, if I have a bad game and I know it, I'll start to cry or like, I'll get emotional. I don't think I'll get like attitude. I'll be mad at myself, but I'm more like, if I know I was having a bad game or I know like there's 10 more minutes and we're already down like six zero and I know we're not going to come up with the win. I'm going to start like getting a little upset and crying and, but I still need to cool down from that. I don't think I get like that mad. I'll be mad at myself on the inside, but on the outside, it'll just be like upset. I'll be really upset and mostly tears will 
come down. I've noticed that sometimes. Um, and I think that might be, you know, some players get really emotional that way. Others, you know, get uh, emotional other ways. Um, has there ever been uh, any stories that you girls can think of, like heat of the moment, but like, geez, already shaking her head. She's like, I got one ready. Like anyone like heat of the moment where you're just, whether it's good, bad, ugly, indifferent, where you're just like, you know, after maybe after the game, maybe later that night, you're like, uh, you know, really probably shouldn't have done that. Okay. This, it was this season. It wasn't like I didn't do anything bad, but I was on the field and I was getting very mad at myself. It was when we played NT away and we did the film of that game. And I remember I played so bad and I was just swearing at myself in my head and I just would swear on the field. And I remember on the bus ride home, like, you guys like said at the end of the game that we played good, but I still thought I played bad. And on the bus ride home, I just bawled my eyes out. And I got home and I'm literally all night. All I thought about was what I could have done better and what I could have fixed. So then I probably would have texted you guys and was like, what can I have done? Because I've grown up on like the 24 hour rule where you give the, your coach 24 hours and then you ask them. Okay. Oh, I ask right after the game. <laughs> coach? That's all right. And and I remember getting many of uh of text messages, especially I think it was early on this year, where you know, G would text, What am I doing wrong? How can I get better? How can I and sometimes she had you know, it was valid, but like, well, you gotta do this, you gotta other times it was, hey, relax. We'll talk about it at practice tomorrow, but you're not, you know, you're putting a little too much pressure on yourself. Um, but there's there's times that the 24-hour the rule does work. There's also times where you just look, hey, no, I need to know now what did I do or I, let's get this off. You know, I got to get this off my chest now. Um, what do you think? And, and G, you said you live by the 24-hour rule. Maria, you said you kind of want to know now. Um, what do you think, what do you think um, is more beneficial? I'll, well, I always want to know right away. Oh, I don't want to talk about my training Ah, I'll just talk about it then. Okay, you can, you so, can talk. Wait, do you got a story? You can. We can switch gears I, to a little story here. I don't have like a story, but yeah, I have a story and like I have this object. So after some, I get really angry in games. I think most of you know. Like Sunday, I had a travel game and oh, I got a yellow card. No, okay. I just get, it's heat of the moment. If a girl like touched me and is saying stuff to me, I can't help but get mad and I threw the girl down at my game and I got a yellow card and I apologized to my coach and she wasn't so offended by it or whatever but I always ask them right after the game because if I have a bad game I have a soccer journal a soccer journal okay (laughs) okay laugh at it Monica I didn't I'm I'm all ears I'm interested Um, after a bad game or even a game I'm really proud of, I normally only write in after bad games or a bad practice. I'll write what I know I did wrong and like what I need to do better. I don't know. It just makes me feel better. So when my coaches text me, I'll like write the stuff down that I need to work on and like the stuff that I should have focused on better during that game. So that's why I like to know right away. I can't wait 24 hours to write in my journal because then I'm not in the heat of the moment. Okay. Very good. Now, do you know, do you ever remember sometimes like writing in the soccer journal in the heat of the moment, like this, 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 and then kind of looking back in it, whether you read it the next day or two or three days later and be like, you know what, 
it was it really was it really worth getting that angry or that worked up on or kind of like a self-reflection thing i just let out my secret okay wait i gotta come <laughs> okay um i think when i'm in the heat of the moment yeah i get really dramatic and really angry yeah i know but I think the next day when I read it, I'll be like, I didn't have to be that dramatic, but I still have anger from it. Like okay. from, from most of our games, like that pioneer game, I'm still mad at myself about, and I'm still mad at the girl that would like talk in my face. I even said something. I still have anger towards all that stuff. So I don't think it ever goes away, but I think I rationalize it a little bit more when I read it, when I'm not in the heat of the moment. And that helps me like figure out what I need to do and what I need to focus on. I need to focus on myself during games more than the people around me. Okay. And I think I could do a lot better. Okay. Tank, what about you? Even, even going back to the feedback um, or self-reflection, is there something like, do you want instant feedback or do you like, um, you know, Hey, tell me, tell me tomorrow at practice. Um, I prefer tell me tomorrow at practice. Um, I'm a person that needs to cool down and realize, but also I'm, I, I think I'm a really like chill person, kind of, maybe. More of and a like, laid back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't really care about a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not good to say, but whatever. But that's just my personality. I mean, if I do bad in a game, like I'll think about it all. Like I still think about that pioneer game and oh, I, maybe that one time I should have stepped in, like maybe I would have gotten a great ball to Attica or whoever, and they would have scored and we would have won the game and, oh, it's all my fault, you know, but like you really can't think that way. Like your mindset and it's, it's just going to slowly eat at you and you just, you can't think that way. And you just have to, today's a new day, a new game, new practice. You just got to move on. Absolutely. And, uh, I'm going to quote Ted Lasso. You got to have the mind, you got to have the mind of a goldfish sometimes, you know, if something happens, you got to think about it, you learn from it and then you forget it, you know, and, and the forgetting about it, you know, it's, it's a lot harder. I know there are games that I coached 15, 20 years ago that I'm still like, "Mm, you know, if we would have done that or my first season um, I coached, I was coaching at the park school, um, you know, it was my first year as a coach, first year as a varsity coach. We were in the championship game. Um, I had a girl who needed a sub real quick. She just needed a quick, you know, breather. She was my best um, center defender, center midfielder. I pulled her off for a quick minute, thought, you know, she can get a quick water break. She needed one. Next thing you know, they score a goal in that two minutes that she was off. We lose the game, one nothing. You know, it's one of those, like, you know, did I really need to pull her? I know she was asking for a sub. Could I have hit her up top for a little bit? Could I have moved her back to stop her where she wasn't running a lot? And it's some of those, you know, for a while, it drove me nuts. Um, really until the next game of the following year, you know, that first, that first game of the next year, you know, it's one of those where I was still like, all right, now at least I've got another season. I can focus on another game, but it was a long long, long off season to think about it. And you're right. It's, those are some things that you learn over the course of a playing career, a coaching career um, that you've just got to, you've got to learn from it. You're going to make a mistake. You fix your mistake and then you move on from your mistake. 
So, yeah. but but it 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 can be tough, especially playing softball. And yeah, you can probably relate to you know playing more, but like when you're in that batting or even like coming back from an injury, but. Mostly for me, it's in the batting box. It's like, oh no, I shouldn't let that pitch go by. Like I was perfect pitch. Like that could have been the whole, like the game winning home run or something. But like you can't think like that. You have to. Every pitch is just a new chance to hit the ball, and you know you can't think like that. And like yeah. coming back from injury, like when I was out with my concussion last year, um, I got hit in the head. The sun was in my eyes. Couldn't see the ball anywhere you didn't get hit no honey it so was... you when I, okay. but... I like how when you said yeah i got hit in the head g instantly started laughing like like that was the like that was the funniest thing and i whatever can i explain my side okay so we were doing this drill and like our best hitter is hitting and i'm at third base for whatever we're all just switching positions and she's in left field and the sun's just blaring she had her like the face mask on that we had to wear or whatever. And she's just looking up and we're all calling her name, not looking at us. And like, it hits her in the head, the ball drops and then she drops completely. And I just start bursting with laughter. Like I can't hold it in. I was laughing for like five minutes. Tank, you didn't even put your glove up to try to catch it. You didn't even see it. I could not see it. The sun was literally in my eyeballs. I could not see that ball for the life of me. But... <laughs> Whatever. And then, you know, I was always scared of like catching pop flies after that. But you, like, you can't think like that. Like, you have to realize, like, okay, I don't have a concussion anymore. I've learned my lesson to block the sun with my glove. Wear visor. Wear sunglasses. My visor. And, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta catch that pop fly and persevere. Catch the pop fly and move on. Catch it with your mitt, not your mask. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. And last topic, and I'm going to, and then we're going to get, we'll get into our hot seat questions. Um, I know players nowadays, it seems like whatever the sport is, whether it's soccer, softball, um, you're a lot of more players are switching into um, multi-sports where they're doing different sports. Like I know for me, and I kind of wish I, I, I did have other sports. Like I did run track and field. I did play, believe it or not, tennis one year in high school which was a lot of fun. Uh, I wasn't very good, but it was a lot of fun. Um, but for me, even those were just like fun sports. For me, it was travel soccer in the summer, um, high school soccer during the fall, indoor soccer in the, in the winter. By the time indoor soccer season ended, it was back to spring travel. Um, it was travel, indoor, high school, travel, indoor, high school, um, after a while, you kind of got a little burnt out. Um, do you guys, do you guys notice that, um, I don't know if any of you guys are doing that, but do you guys notice that it's kind of gearing a little bit more away towards that to, to specializing on one sport, or do you think it's, it's still, it's more of that specialization. And do you think as a player, you can get burnt out from that? You can definitely get burnt out, but you can't let that stop you. I mean, if you still love that sport, like, I don't think, I don't know, but I think definitely like you can have one like main sport kind of that, like you love and that, like, you know, that like, no matter what, like you're going to keep playing that, like, you know, you love that sport. Like you've been playing it since you could walk, but also I think having other sports is good. Like, um, 
other sports for me is softball. And then track and field. And tra- well, yeah, and, and track, track and field. Yeah, and track. Yeah. And I think it's good to have like a variation of different sports. And last year, me and Gianna did modified volleyball. And I think mm-hmm. it was really fun to play a different sport than soccer that we've never tried before, but we loved playing just like for fun. And I like, we wish that we could play volleyball. Like we wish that it was a winter sport or like just a different season than soccer because we would totally play it again because it was just so fun to have another sport that like you love. But Absolutely. I know for me, I always, I, I ran cross country as a seventh grader, eighth grader, seventh grader. I always wished that cross country was either in the spring or soccer was in the spring because I would have loved to do both cross country and soccer or back in the, like I know now you can do multi, you can do two sports in one season. Um, so that's one sport that I definitely wish was uh, a different season, but yeah, that's why I kind of, I kind of did the tennis, um, and, uh, track and field just to break up monotony of soccer a little bit. I feel like if I didn't do those two or have some other things, soccer might've got a little stale, might've got a little burnout, but it was something that I really loved. And, and I looked forward to practices every day long. And I think, um, you definitely have to have that passion for that sport or you are going to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, how do you guys, do you guys feel like that? It's if you don't have that passion for it, you're just, you're going to be like, why am I getting up at eight in the morning? Why am I staying after school at three thirty, four thirty? Do you guys think that that, that passion for that sport needs to be there? I think I think for every sport you play, there's you should at least like it. I think my strong passion is obviously soccer, but like track and field, I don't have a really strong passion for it, but I enjoy the people that I do it with. And I know that it's like making me a better athlete and I enjoy throwing, but like, I don't have a fiery passion for it as I do for soccer. But if you're, if you play a sport with the people you like, that are around you and you like the environment of the sport and you know that you're getting something beneficial out of it, then I think it's not going to burn out for you or you're, I think you're still going to want to like keep going. It's going to want to keep you motivated to play that sport. Yeah. It just could be a different type of passion. Yeah. G, what about you? Um, For this, like the answer I'm going to give, I'm kind of combining the question about like playing multiple sports and the question you just gave. Um. Okay. My seventh, like last year, seventh grade, I played soccer, softball, and volleyball. And I think it was honestly a good break to take from just playing soccer. Because soccer is an all-year-round sport for me. Obviously, springs, outdoor soccer, and then you have indoor, and then you have school, and then you have summer season. So I think playing the different sports made it fun. But I think in the end, I wasn't giving the full passion for the sport that I had the same passion for, for soccer. And then I think the passion needs to be there. So I think if you're falling out of love with the sport, it's hard to get back into it. But all I have to say is if you're injured, you don't know how much you love something until you can't do it. And that makes you get so much more passionate about the sport. So I see, yeah, injured's like being bad, but it kind of helps you with the mental state of getting motivated to get back to play. Yeah. And, and we had, uh, and Maria, you would remember her, Lindsay O'Brien, we had her on, or I had her on a couple episodes ago, where she talked about not only coming back from one major knee injury with her ACL, but then the next year she blew out 
her other knee, her other ACL. Um, and we talked a little bit about that where, you know, it for her, she mentioned where it really made her um, super competitive work, super, hung, super hard and get and stay super hungry to get back on the field. Um, and she was able to do that her senior year. She was able to, um, you know, finish her senior year in net for goal for soccer. She was able to um, finish her senior year for throwing. And she still currently throws um, at St. John Fisher for college. Um, you know, and she, she attributes that where, yeah, it was a, it was an awful um, knee injury in the first place. And then it was an awful, almost back to back. I think she did it less than after she recovered from one ACL, I think she, she tore it maybe less than three or four months after that and tore the other one. So it was an awful, uh, you know, almost two years worth of recovery, but you know, in the end it was worth it. She, she almost fell in love with the sports all over again and, and made her more committed to, to work back. And gee, you're going to come back better than ever. Once you get that surgery Uh, and you're going in for surgery Thursday, yeah. Two days. So you're going to come back better than ever. And William, you're going to, you're going to be tearing people up on that sideline in, uh, in August and September. All right, ladies, we're going to get into the hot seat. Now we started this too, where everybody's going to come up with a hot seat question. So we'll do a hot four today. Um, who wants to go first with their coaches, a hot seat question. Maria shot that hand up quickly. All right, Maria, you're up. This is a really admirable question, but this is the only thing I can think of. Is cereal a soup? Why or why not? Is it a soup? Yes. I know it's delicious. I love cereal. I'm a big cereal fan. Think about it. What is soup? A liquid with normally chunks? Chunks. Not like chunks, but other things in it. And what is cereal? Liquid with other chunks in it <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> i never thought of that like like not chunks but it's liquid with other ingredients in it that's what cereal is because you put milk and cheerios like broccoli cheddar soup is cheddar broth with broccoli in it it's the same thing i can i will answer this first all right g you're up <laughs> in the short time I'm thinking every soup has like a broth. Milk is not a broth. It is not soup. I don't think it is soup. It's a breakfast food. It is not soup because you can eat cereal without the milk and that doesn't make it soup. Okay, I can and you eat, can just drink that. I can eat broccoli without the cheddar broth and it wouldn't make it broccoli cheddar soup. But would you eat cheddar, like drink tre- cheddar broth on a normal day? <laughs> if you wanted to. <laughs> you have issues if you do that. I, I tend to agree with G on this one. I'm saying it's not because with a broth, you got to, you know, chop onions, chop celery. You got to actually make the broth. Where with milk, before I pour it into my cereal, I'm not like, you know, throwing this in there, throwing, I'm yeah, just dumping milk. the milk on there. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to say, no, I'm going to say it's not a soup. Interesting topic, but I'm going to say not a soup. I agree with G it's just, it's milk and cereal. Maria, I'm not siding with you on this one. Cereal is not a soup. Also, um, I just Googled a cereal soup and it says cereal is cereal. Soup is soup. Cereal does not count as a soup. So even Google says that you're wrong. So you're wrong. It was just a question. I didn't mean to. I like it. It was a good topic. 
I like it. All right, Tank okay. G, who's next? If you like, if you had a free workout day, what would you work out that day? Like, it doesn't matter what like you what did body the, part. Yeah, like it doesn't matter what you did the prior day. It doesn't matter your schedule. Like, you just decide to go to the gym. What are you gonna work out? Hmm. Interesting. Um, I'm gonna say, hmm. Back, I would. You know what? Well, does cardio day count as a workout day? Can yeah. we use cardio day? All right. I'm. I'm gonna say cardio. I was always a big cardio person. Um, I wouldn't, uh, I've definitely gotten a little lazy with my cardio over the last year or two. Um, but I always love just if I had like an extra free day or, you know, a little bit of time on my hands, I'd go out for a nice run, maybe a mile, two miles. Um, or I, you know, I, I, I'm going to go with cardio and believe it or not after cardio, I would say, you know, a nice core day, whether it's abs, push-ups, sit-ups, cardio, um, cardio and abs, cardio abs. So that's where I'm going. I think normally if I have free days and I have nothing planned for that day, I'll either do full body, but my full body will include like a full body hit workout. So it'll be cardio and full body. And then if I do cardio, I have to do abs. Okay. They just, they just go together. So I agree. I would, I would do full body cardio with abs. Okay. Oh, and Tank, you got to answer your own question too. So. What are you doing on those free days? I'll go. Um, I'm a life person. I love leg day. They're easily the strongest part of my body, so I know I can lift a high amount of weight. On right. no. Any particular leg exercise? I'm going to expand on your question. Any particular leg exercise that you like the best? I really like deadlifting. Even though I've only done it two times, you have gotten me to really like deadlifting because I know that – Almost every time I can do it, I may be able to hit a new max, and I feel like it's just like really fun. Even Absolutely. Even though the day after you're gonna hate yourself for doing it because you're like the most sore in the entire world, but it's still really fun. I like that. Thing. We're we're gonna get you up to two twenty five by the end of the year. I guarantee it. All right. All right, G. What about you? It's hard. I'm gonna either say cardio because obviously I like going on runs. But I also really enjoy leg day too. Oh, I thought she was gonna say. Okay. Now, do you think do you think you can combine leg day and cardio? Like, like I know what I this was years and years and years ago. Sometimes I would run a mile and then do like um, you know maybe twenty lunges and then run a mile, do like you know 10, 15, 20 lunges. Um, or is that just is that kind of ruin the cardio day? Honestly, I can't combine cardio and legs, but I could combine cardio and arms, maybe not legs. And I'm out here running like two, three miles. I'm not going to be at home and be able to do squats and deadlift. Like, I'm not going to be able to do that. My legs will just collapse. Very true. Okay. So we got some cardios. We got some legs, a lot of lower body, typical soccer players. We work just the lower body. All right. Um, let's, so let's see. We had a question from Maria. We had a question from Tank G. You up? Uh, I don't got a question yet. I got All right. All right. I'll, uh, let's see. What, uh, what question do I, let's see. Last time we did what sport would you play or what position would you play? Um, let's see. Okay. I'm going to say if you could be any cartoon character, 
any cartoon character, what cartoon character would it be? Any oh. cartoon character. <laughs> She's not a cartoon character. Okay, what are we specifying cartoon as? Like, like does it like have to be? Oh, like those like yeah. animated, animated cartoon characters, or like. Mm. We can get a little, uh, I tell you what, non-live action. So it could be like claymation, as long as it's not like, it's not like the person in themselves doing the acting. So we can do, okay. you know, a little claymation. We can do a little where the, the computer imaging, we'll get a little liberal with cartoon character. Ooh, I can go first Dora. if you guys don't have one. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I just forgot it. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say I want to be Sky from Paw Patrol, or Marshall from Paw Patrol. Okay. I'm a big Paw Patrol fan, so I'm gonna choose one of the dogs from That's Paw right. Patrol. Oh yeah. Okay. A little Paw Patrol there. I like that. All right. Um, I'm trying to come up with an answer for this one too, <laughs> and I'm trying to blank here. Um, I have one. Tank, you got one. All right. What do you got? This is another kid show. Okay. <laughs> but I would do um the girl from Bubble Guppies <laughs> because they're really cool and they're really fun and they're just children and they sing around and they have those fun things on the playground that they like and imagine and envision and they go on a field trip and it seems very fun. So I would want to be someone from Bubble Guppies. Someone from Bubble Guppies. Okay. All right. I like it. Um, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go old school here. I think I'm going to go, uh, Fred Flintstone from the Flintstones. I think I'm going to go Fred Flintstone. You know, he was, he was the, the big guy at the, uh, you know, he was the, the grand poobah at the, at their lodge. He was, you know, the boss that, uh, wasn't the boss, sorry, but he was the, the big bowler. Um, you know, he always seemed to be the life of the party. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Fred Flintstone. I don't, I don't know. I think, I think I would be, <laughs> you could be Caillou because Caillou has no hair. <laughs> funny, funny, funny. Oh, no, no. Um, I think, <laughs> I think I would be one of the princesses from Disney, you know, she's animated, right? Yeah, okay. Right. Any particular I, princess? I think I would be brave. Brave. Okay. She's. I think I'm not really the princess type, but she in in the movie she ate a lot, so she gets to eat a lot of food, <laughs> and um, she shoots the bow and arrow. She's like the more like the Tom girl princess. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I think I'd be her. Or Scooby Doo, because he gets a lot of Scooby snacks. I was almost gonna say Scooby Doo, but okay, very cool. All right, G, you got your uh, your hot seat question. All right, what you got for us? Okay, this is like a would you rather question. But would you rather always be surrounded by annoying people or be alone for the rest of your life? life. (laughs) Hmm. I don't even know the answer yet. Is it so everybody that you're around is annoying? Yeah, like you can't stand them. Oh. Like you just want to like slap them and get rid of them. Good, like but can you ever get a break from them? Like, you know, like no. a little. Okay. Hmm. 
<laughs> I don't know what I would do. Hmm. Um, you know what? I think, I think I'd, I'd rather, even though they're annoying, even though I, I think I'd still rather be at least around somebody. So I think I'd pick the annoying people. I think being alone would be like fine for, but after a couple of days, weeks, months, you know, years, I think you'd, you know, you'd go a little, uh, you know, a little stir crazy. So I'm going to be, which again, around annoying people, you might get a little stir crazy too. Um, but I'm going to go with around annoying people. I'm going to, I'm going to go with that too. Look, it's like, sometimes I can be really annoying. So I feel like I could fit in with the annoying people. Very true. I get like, I get like pissed off really easily sometimes <laughs> to the point where like I want to drive myself up a wall and like punch everybody. Like sometimes I'm just not having a good day and everybody just really bothers me. And I feel like those days would just not be well with those people. But you know, whatever, we'll do with it as it comes. But hopefully not everybody in my life annoys me. So Hopefully we don't ever have to actually face that issue. Okay. So we got two for annoying. All right. Maria G, who's going next? You go. Uh, I'm a people person, but I think I'm gonna say loner on this one. <laughs> you can make up know. some you can make up some imaginary friends along the way. Yeah, that's what I did when I was younger, so nothing different. Um I don't know. I feel like if I was with those annoying people, I wouldn't like my life. But I also feel like if I was lonely, I wouldn't like my life. But I'm just going to say lonely because I can make myself happy. Kind of amuse yourself. Yeah. All right. All right. And G, what do you think? I chose a hard question. Um, Yes, you did. (laughs) Okay. I feel like if I was with annoying people, I think I would just, like, I couldn't handle it. Well, I think if I was alone, Netflix would still be a thing. Your okay. It would be a thing. Like I, I can, like, I can be independent, so I think I'd do fine alone, and I could keep myself busy. And if, like, you're alone, and you're, like, alone in the whole world, you could do anything, because it's, like, your mm-hmm. world. It does kind of change things a little bit. I never thought about it that way. You know, you can definitely have, uh, you can watch all the Cobra Kai episodes that you want on Netflix and everything. Um, now, if we, if we've got, if we're talking alone, can we still like uh, text or chat other people online or is that against the rules too? Well, I'm like, like I'm looking at alone. Like you're like the last person on earth. Oh, like the last person on earth. Okay. Yeah. Like if you start texting someone, they're not going to text you back. Oh, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do if your internet service goes out then? Well, yeah, I'm that, changing my answer because I'm not an independent person. <laughs> I would not do that. But and if you no, if you think about it, if you were the last person on earth, you could walk across the street and go live in that house, and maybe they have better internet. That's true. You could keep things alive, like. You could follow any. I could sleep in Target overnight. Think about it. Like the whole world is yours. That does put a little interesting spit on things. I still think I'm going with the annoying people, but I could, I could see maybe being. I could see where being alone could be. Like I said, could definitely be fun at first, but after a while, just kind of. You can only watch so many um, 
so many, so much TV, so much internet, so much aloneness, but that's just me. All right. And I'm going to finish. I'm going to do one extra. I'm going to do an extra bonus one here. A fifth question. All right. Anytime you guys go on vacations and I just came back from, from Jamaica. That's why I was gone for practice for a week. But anytime you go on a vacation, are you a, uh, when you, when you unzip your, your bag or your, your luggage, are you a just unzip it and, and leave it there? Or are you a person where I've got to put it away? I've got to, I've got to put it in the clot in the dresser drawers, whatever they have in the room there and kind of have it like that. Uh, no, I'm not right. putting any of my stuff yeah, in the drawers. No. I'll just, I normally, you if I go out of the bag, yeah, what? you just live out of the bag. If what? I go on vacation, it's normally I'm only in my bathing suit all day or I'm only in one pair of clothes all day. And sometimes I'll wear the same stuff over and over again because I can't find the clean clothes. Yeah, that's why you can't live I'm not, in a bag. I'm not putting the stuff in a drawer. I'm there to enjoy myself. That's taking like An maybe. That's yeah, it takes like five minutes out of my vacation time when I could be eating or in the lake, you know? Oh why put it in the drawers? Yeah. Um, You're not going to be using the clothes a lot. I, I definitely agree with you in... I have divorced parents, so like I travel house to house a lot. So I'm very used to living out of a bag. <laughs> and I'm completely fine with that lifestyle. I've accepted it, you know, whatever. So just living living out of the suitcase. Yep. I'm quite good at it. <laughs> um, I completely disagree completely with that. I when we go on vacation, we go to like a lake and we have like the cottage. Oh, and God. sometimes I get like my own room and there's like the small dresser. I'm going to put my stuff away because if my stuff is all over my suitcase and I can't find the one sweatshirt I want to wear, I'm going to get mad and I'm not going to waste an hour of me yelling at someone, blaming on someone when I could have it organized and put away. It takes 20 minutes to put it away. Okay. So a little 20 minutes of prep work and then you're good for the rest of the vacation. What all about right. you, Sam? Me? Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely more of the, I'm more of the, just, Hey, take it out of the suitcase. I'm more of the slob. I'm more of, um, you know, Vicky's more of the one. In fact, this is why I brought it up. Cause Vicky's more of the one where she'll put it away. She'll put it in the, in the, the dresser, whatever, whatever the thing is there. She's more of the organization organizer. Um, I'm definitely more of the, uh, the live out of the suitcase type of guy or the, the room is going to get messy type of guy. I'm more of the slob, but that's all right. That's all right. Well, ladies, thank you so much for coming on the episode again today. Uh, we talked a lot about mental side of sports. Uh, we talked, um, had some good conversations. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. This was again, a lot of fun. Um, we'll have to have, uh, you know, we'll have to do another episode down the road after, and, and see how G's recovery is going. Cause I know we, we wish her nothing but well, um, during that surgery in a couple of days. And we know she's going to be rocking it as soon as she gets out. Um, gee, the recovery time, what we're looking at six months, seven months. Um, six months, but we'll see. Cause yeah, that's right. Knowing you, I'm sure you'll be back in like three or four. Yeah, definitely. So, all right. Well, ladies, anything before we leave, any last words, any, uh, any send offs? Thanks for having us. Thank you. No problem. Thank you guys. And that's it. And uh, Maria, uh, Maria and Tank, get ready to run tomorrow. We'll do another cardio day. (laughs) But that's it. 
Thanks, everyone, for uh, tuning in. And we'll see you next week on Stories from the Sideline.